Hello, this is Dwayne McCrary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and today I'm joined by G.B. Howe. G.B., glad you're with us today. Thank you, Dwayne. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, G.B., can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your responsibilities here at Lifeway? Gladly. Um, I serve as the content editor for Biblical Illustrator Magazine and have for the last 16-plus years. It's a quarterly resource magazine that provides articles that support our weekly Bible study lessons. What, what kind of articles? Ah, we do articles on biblical archaeology and history and culture and geography. We do some Greek and Hebrew word studies and, and probably just a little bit of theology. So it gives us background. Background information. For what we're doing. Sure. And can, where can we go to find out more about that? Uh, Lifeway.com slash biblical illustrator is the website and there you can find information about the magazine and even a way to subscribe yourself or to purchase a subscription gift for someone else. Okay, good. Uh, we're looking at session seven and we've are, we've completed our study of First Timothy and now we're starting to look at the, the, the second letter of Paul to Timothy. Uh, this first session looks at verses three through 14. Uh, Paul's going to point to Timothy's religious heritage mm. to encourage Timothy to remain faithful. He's going to remind him of his giftedness by the Holy Spirit, and he challenges Timothy to remain active, being bold in his giftedness. Paul declares his assurance despite being persecuted for his faith in Christ. His confidence was not based on his own abilities, but on his belief in Christ and the power of the resurrection. Paul will then charge Timothy to follow his example, carrying the gospel to others and standing for the truth. The main focus of this lesson is confidence in Christ, that we should demonstrate confidence in Christ in all circumstances. GB, I, I want to, to begin by us thinking about the, the, the first section of this passage where it looks at the heritage of Timothy in our our resources and our, our, our leader guides and personal study guide and daily discipleship guide, the Bible skill for this particular session directs us to compare the influence of Lois and Eunice with the influence of Cornelius, Lydia, and the Philippian jailer on their households. And we're given some passages in Acts to do that. Then we're directed to contrast these examples with the effects of ungodly parents found in 1 Kings. It gives us some, some insight between the, the, the things that were going on there uh, in the family. Behind all this is this idea of Timothy's uh, household heritage or whatever being built while he's in his home. Can you help us understand a little bit more about what faith in Timothy's home may have looked like? Sure. Um, Timothy was raised in a unique situation and setting. He is from the town of Lystra, it was a town that uh, was predominantly Greek, and, and by Greek I don't mean that the people living there were from Greece. It was instead they had a, adopted Hellenism, and part of Hellenism is uh, the worship of multiple gods. They were polytheistic. The people of Lystra believed actually that two of the gods had visited them uh, years earlier, uh, Zeus and Hermes, and so there was a, a really strong. Uh, religious fervor throughout the town. And, and Timothy's father was a part of that. He, he, he was Greek. He was one of those who worshiped the multiple gods. His mother and grandmother, however, Eunice and Lois, 
were Jewish. And, and somewhere along the way, they had heard the, the story of Christ, likely from Paul on, on his earlier missionary journeys. They had, had um, come to believe in Christ, have faith in him, and became converts to become followers of Christ. And, and so that was the home in which Timothy was raised. His, his mother and his grandmother had made sure that he knew the Torah, uh, that he had studied the, the law and the Old Testament and had that strong foundation of faith that the Hebrews had passed down throughout all those generations. Would this have been an unusual structure? <laughs> it would have been very unusual. And, and we know that specifically because of Lystra. Evidently, there was not a synagogue in Lystra. Archaeologists have never found the remains of a synagogue in Lystra. And, and beyond that, there's no evidence that Paul visited a synagogue in Lystra. And so there were very, very, very few Jews in Lystra. And, and so all of Timothy's friends would have been raised in houses in which both the mom and the dad were Greek. They, they were Gentiles. And so for Timothy to be raised in this home would have been markedly different. His understanding of religion would have been different. His 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 understanding of and practice of religion would have been different. And, and I believe that God used that uniquely to help prepare him for future ministries that he would have in Athens, in, in Corinth, in Ephesus, in, in towns that were predominantly Hellenistic, Gentile, and he would have understood their belief system even though he himself was a follower of Christ. So it does point to the the value or the influence of godly parents, even in the middle of a markedly pagan society. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the questions that we may have to address as leaders is what do we say to the folks in our class Mm -hmm. who lack a spiritual heritage? Timothy had a strong spiritual heritage, but what about folks who are sitting in our, our Bible study groups who do not have this same kind of spiritual heritage? How can we help them? Well, I think you have to look at both sides of that coin. For those who do have a strong Christian heritage, I think we've got to be thankful. Thankful for good and godly parents who helped direct us toward faith in Christ, raise us up in the in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But also for those who, who don't have that heritage, but who themselves are Christians. I, I believe that it, it challenges us to make sure we live our lives in such a way that the people who come behind us our children and our grandchildren, that we lay a heritage of faith that points strongly to Jesus as the Savior and Messiah. That's an important reminder for us when, we, really when we're teaching this lesson. One of the things that stands out is in verse 6, we're told, Timothy's told, to rekindle mm. a, his giftedness. How can a gift be ignored to the point that it needs to be rekindled? I think that when the Holy Spirit comes into the life of a new believer and plants spiritual gifts in us, I think that there can be a sense of fervor initially when that um, we become aware of that, whether it's teaching or, or ministering. And I think that we can become almost self-dependent rather than spirit-dependent to the point that Listen, when we're relying on ourselves to do spiritual things, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And I believe that 
what can happen is that as we do that, as we rely more on ourselves and less on the Holy Spirit, then that becomes evident. And as it does, we do need to rekindle that and ask for a a fresh unction, if that's the word to use, of the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us and in those spiritual gifts. The temptation there to trust our own abilities. It appears that Paul is kind of reminding Timothy that you've got to watch out for that temptation in your own life. How can we uh, safeguard ourselves from trusting our own abilities to accomplish a God-given task as well? I think we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis that God has entrusted us to do that task. And I'm amazed at that. I'm amazed. I, I look at my own life and I think, you know, I know my weaknesses and my foibles. I know where I stumble and falter. And I'm amazed that in spite of that, Uh, God still chooses to use me for his kingdom. And I think that we have to remind ourselves daily that we've been entrusted with that, and because of that, we've got to be good stewards of that. The other side of the coin is, hey, dude, you don't have to go on your own many times before you stumble and fall and you say, listen, I cannot do this under my own power. I I think it becomes a um, the the, the defeated uh, defeat that you ultimately experience becomes the motivated says, "Uh, we're not going to do that again. But the temptation for us as teachers is to depend on what we already know yep. or depend on the resources that we have, and we fail to study, we fail to apply it to our own lives. We, f- we also fail to approach teaching a Bible study group in prayer. God, show me what I need to know to be able to lead this group. And we may say that at the end, but we forget about mm. our need to do that through the whole time, and we 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 may be on that line too, where we depend more on our skills, our own abilities to accomplish the task of teaching uh, than we do on God showing up and being a part of it. And it doesn't excuse us from studying, but it does mean that God can use the whole week to prepare our hearts and minds if we let him. And we should. And we should, we, we should focus on, this is how I'm gifted. This is how God uses me to lead this group. And that gives us strength as well. Sure. GB, thank you for visiting with us today uh, so much as we start this study of Second Timothy. Things are going to be rich these next four weeks. God bless you, and we look forward to our time together. Hey, I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Dwayne.